What's going on, guys? Welcome back. This is the fifth episode of Dopeless Nation. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on, we're running it back for the fifth time now? And I bet you didn't know. You guys seriously didn't know that the boy had bars. You didn't see that coming. Well, some of you did. It was only a matter of time, but yeah, your boy's got bars. And I'm not talking Xanax. Anyways, thank you for tuning in last week. Got a lot of good feedback again. A lot of people are enjoying this show. And I'm having a lot of good times making it. So welcome back for episode five. And I can't ask enough. Like, if you guys are getting value out of this podcast, please, please, please share it with a friend. Tell someone about it. If you see it pop up on your feed on social, go ahead and like it, share it, send it out. It really helps us. Yeah, let's just get the word out. And let's get the plugs out of the way right now. So if you're listening to this and you're not subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and do that. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Just get it out of the way. Hit that like, follow button, whatever it says on the screen, and then you'll get notifications when a new episode comes out. Also, check out dopelessnation.com. It is the world's hottest sober merch and recovery apparel on the planet. We got those waterproof vinyl stickers now, so if you want to put that on your Tumblr, if you want to put that on your big book or your basic text or your morning meditation book, your step work journal, whatever it is that you got, They literally last forever, seriously. So check that out. That's dopelessnation.com. Also, if you're not, follow us on all the socials. I think we're on TikTok. I know we're on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. We're not on Twitter yet. That's the one. But we're getting there. We're slowly growing this thing. Hey, thanks for tuning in to episode five of the Dopeless Nation podcast. This is crazy. Let's dive right in. The following story is based on actual events in an effort to protect anonymity as well as keep people out of potential legal troubles. Names, places, and identifying characteristics have been modified. I hope you enjoy this story. Whatever you do, do not try this at home. So what happens when you run out of money and need a fix bad? Like what happens when the money's gone, you need a drink, you need another hit, but you can't make it happen? What happens when you've already pawned everything? There's nothing to sell on the Facebook marketplace. There's nothing to post on OfferUp or let go. It's just gone. You're out of options. Well, if you're like me, <laughs> you can always just go grocery shopping for your drug dealer. I mean, I didn't have any money at the time, and I already traded my food stamps for dope that month. But I knew there were a few times that, let's just call him D, needed me to pick up from one of those big box retail stores. If I could get the items he needed, he would trade me 50% of whatever it cost in cash or trade me 75% of what it cost in dope. And for me, that was a no-brainer. Get the grocery list, steal the items, 
get the dope, and get high. I've always been a fan of heist movies. Mission Impossible, Ocean's Eleven, Catch Me If You Can. Those movies come to mind when I think about the excitement I felt when the bad guys got away with whatever it was they were taking. Sometimes rooting for the bad guy feels good. Every time I received one of these lists via text message from D, I felt like Ethan Hunt accepting some kind of grand mission that was of the utmost importance. The reality and gravity of the entire situation was this. If I don't steal this shit, I'm not getting high. If I'm not getting high, I'm dying. That's how bad I was strung out on opioids. That's how much of a slave I was to the drugs. When opioids told me to jump, my response was always, how high? It's been four and a half hours since I last shot up. My stomach is beginning to turn like that sensation you get when a roller coaster takes its first plunge, except it felt like it was my life that was diving into utter oblivion. My palms have begun to get clammy. I got the cold sweats and it's pissing me off. It's 70 degrees in my room, but I'm soaking wet like Dollar Debbie taking a stroll down MLK in the middle of August. Life sucks and I need to get one in me like yesterday. Thank God a text comes in. God, I hope it's D. I unlock my phone and see the good news I've been waiting for. The list. Okay, one bottle of pine saw, two boxes of Huggies, peanut butter and jelly, but not that sh** peanuts in it, a mop, one case of ramen noodles, five to 10 assorted girls tees, one pair of white sneakers, size six, I don't care what the brand is, Oh, and I also need a Bluetooth speaker. Some crackhead stole mine last night. See if you can get one of those dope Mason vacuums too. And hurry the up. I'm trying to go to the casino. You got one hour. Finally, I got the grocery list. Now I have to find a ride, cause you know I don't have a car. That means I have to cut somebody in on the deal, which means fewer drugs for me. I'm hurting bad. At this point, I'm not going to argue over whose half of a Dilaudid is bigger. It doesn't matter anymore. I scroll through my contacts and I find the guy I'm looking for. I just hope he's awake. Usually he's nodding out at this time. It's three in the afternoon. A little too early for Tony. He usually gets up around four or five because he's been up all morning trying to come down from the shards he shot up the night before. I know an offer to score some dope to come off that will lure him into my latest scheme. But what color vacuum does he want? Tony asks me, dazed and confused. Does it matter? I yell back. Tony had a way of asking me questions that didn't matter. He was slow, he was sloppy, and he smelled like a piece of toasted chore boy. It's mind-boggling to me that this guy was ever successful in pickpocketing when he lived in New York City. He had been down here in Florida for only six years and had already visited the local jail well over 12 times. Thing is, he always stayed high, had a car, and was just as sick as I was. I'll be there in five minutes, he murmured. 20 minutes later, Tony pulls up in a hurry, looking annoyed, like I'm the 
asshole who's 20 minutes late. I'm livid. He always does that. He's worse than the drug dealer. And I hate waiting. I need a fix bad. My nose is beginning to run, and I'm getting those random sensations in my stomach. Feels like someone is taking a blade and stabbing me erratically. My body is telling me that I'm supposed to eat, but the appetite isn't there. The worst symptom I get when withdrawing is when I smoke a cigarette. I gag every time. I hit it, and they don't taste the way they're supposed to. It doesn't help that the cigarettes I'm smoking are the ones I've collected from all the public ashtrays around town. They already taste bad. This life sucks. I need a pill right now. Okay, so here's the plan, I say to Tony as I get in the passenger seat. We have a half hour to grab the and meet Dee at his place before he leaves for the casino. Tony is already driving to the store. Like me, he knows which one to go to at any particular time of day. We know when loss prevention does their shift change. We know which side of the store the greeters are on. We know which store we hit last time, and that dictates which store we're going to hit today. Five minutes or less, I say assertively. If it takes longer than that, we're going to another store. I know that if I have to come up with a story to buy more time with D, it shouldn't be a problem. You want to flip a coin? See who's building the cart this time? Tony asks. Run it, I reply. I flip the coin. Heads, he yells. Yes, he screams. He gets to build the cart. I'm getting excited. As we near the store, the symptoms of my withdrawal seem to lessen. It's weird. I'm getting turned on over the idea of committing a crime. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? Not only am I addicted to drugs, I'm in love with the crazy and dangerous lifestyle that comes along with it. Let me break down this lick for you. This is a two-man job. Park near the front and keep the car running. Pop the trunk but leave it down so it looks shut. Leave all the doors unlocked. First man goes inside alone to build the cart. Building the cart is the easy part. That's why we flip the coin for it. You basically go in the store, acquire the items on the list, and place them inside a shopping cart. So this has got to be done in five minutes or less. The shopping part. The other guy, the guy in the car, he's on the phone with you the whole time, talking in your ear while he looks through the store window, informing you on what the employees are doing. Are they watching you? Is there an undercover loss prevention guy following you? These are the things that must be known. General rule of thumb when building a cart, look like you belong there. Just go shopping. Smile. Say hi to an employee, maybe. Maybe ask them where you can find a particular item. You're the customer, so act like one. Tony gets everything on the list in less than five minutes. His slow ass really need a pill as bad as I do. If he's hurting, he's not showing it. I think he's excited as I am. Once the cart is built, head to an aisle that runs along the cash register that's nearest to the exit. Ditch the cart, leave it in the aisle, and get the out. Once you get back in the car, look your partner in the eye, wish him luck, light a cigarette, sit back, and relax. Your work is almost done. So here's the dicey part. It's the driver's turn to enter the store. I exit the car and walk to the entrance. Tony keeps his earpiece in and puts the car in drive while he keeps his foot on the brake. 
I almost forgot to mention, never pull into a parking space. Back in. So when it's time to make the getaway, you just let off the brake and get the hell out. No one is trying to get into a little fender bender while trying to elude potential law enforcement. I mean, seriously, if my goes to jail over a bottle of pine saw, I'm killing somebody. I'm in the store. My heart is racing. Do I look like I belong here? Do I look like a junkie? I know I showered. My shirt is wrinkled, but my shoe game is on point. I don't look homeless right now, but I feel like sh Do the employees notice? Keep walking, eyes forward. Listen for Tony on the phone. It's going to be okay. I find the cart. My palms are sweaty. As I grab it and head towards the exit, I dig into my pocket and pull out an old receipt from the gas station. This is what I'm going to use as I walk out the door with my head down. I'm going to make it look like I'm going over the items I just purchased as I walk out. Never mind the fact that nothing is bagged up in the cart. How's my back, T? I ask nervously. I don't see anyone behind you, bro. Just keep coming. The trunk is already open. We chose the correct side today. As I near the exit, I notice there aren't any greeters, AKA the receipt checkers. This is expected, but I still don't get it. There are two entrances to this store, spaced out on either side, but they keep a greeter only on one side. Idiots. I'm about to walk out, just a few more steps. Excuse me, sir, I hear behind me. I ignore it and keep on walking. Sir, excuse me. Hey, sir, I hear again. <laughs> she sounds kind of cute. I stop and begin to turn around. I gotta be honest, my heart is racing and I'm extremely turned on at this point. Why does crime excite me so much? I can hear Tony screaming and yelling everything and anything in my earpiece. What's up? I casually ask while making eye contact with this cute employee. She can't be older than 24 and she looks perfect. Like those black pants and blue vests were custom made to wrap around her beautiful figure. I wish I wasn't a junkie right now. She seems like a good girl. If I wasn't so concerned with getting high, maybe I'd ask a woman like that out. But I don't have time for women, I remind myself. They get in the way of my using. Just give me a girl that wants to get high and maybe have sex before we get loaded. That's all I have time for. I forgot what's happening here. My ADHD gets the best of me sometimes. I'm supposed to be walking out of a store with a shopping cart full of stolen items from my drug dealer. Sir... Are you forgetting something? She asks. I stare blankly back at her. I don't have a response and I just kind of want to stare at her before she calls the authorities and I have to turn around and make a break for it. The only thing I can muster up to answer her question is, I don't know, am I forgetting something? She raises a fist and begins to open her hand. Get the f out of there, I hear Tony screaming in my ear. You dropped your lighter, sir, she says as she hands it back to me. 
Tony can hear her on his end, and I hear him let out a sigh of relief. Okay, we're good, I hear him say as I thank her and head out the door. I throw the items in the trunk, and we head over to meet up with Dee. We're in a hurry to get high. He's in a hurry to get to the casino. Both parties are at each other. We engage in the usual small talk that really is just a load of bullshit. D doesn't care about me or my well-being, and I could give a flying about him and his family. I just want my dope, and I want to go home. He just wants his and he wants me to leave. We do the same thing every day. Act like we're family, like there's some street code of honor or something. The truth is, nobody cares. Everyone is out to get theirs and theirs only. Tony and I head home and we split the stuff we scored. As soon as I get mine and me, all in the world is right again. For those brief 10 seconds of numbness and euphoria, as the opioids flow into my bloodstream, I forget that I'm a slave. I forget that just 10 seconds ago, my body was writhing in pain. I forget that I was almost stopped inside of a store for shoplifting while on probation. I forget that if I violate, I'm going up the road for at least five years. I forget about the girl that broke my heart. I forget that I'm a lying piece of that steals from my mother every time she goes to sleep. For 10 seconds, I'm free. And in four hours, I'm doing it all over again. Funny, right? I mean... It'd be funny if it wasn't so pathetic. But that was kind of life for me day in and day out. When I didn't have money. When I didn't have whatever it took to just do whatever it took (laughs) to get high. I would call my dope man. Ask him what he needed me to do. Because I'm his slave. And whatever he says, whatever he requests... I would just go do it for 10 seconds of relief. I would work for six hours, 10 hours, whatever, for just seconds of relief. I was a slave. It's crazy how I completely surrender to the drug. I bow down and worship it. But when it comes to recovery, the idea of doing anything to maintain any kind of sobriety seems like an uphill battle. I'll do anything for dope. I'll do anything to try and get that girl. I'll say whatever. I will move mountains to get what I want if it means I'm getting high. But you ask me to put pen to pad, open up a book and read a few pages, and all of a sudden I'm like, no, 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 no. No, that stuff, that's not for me. Oh, what do you mean I have to be willing? What do you mean I have to open up and get honest? What do you mean I have to tell somebody about my shortcomings? And don't you dare, don't you dare mention the G word. Because I'm not going there. 
It's funny. I mean, it's sad. More like f***ing pathetic. How powerless I was. So, what do you do? I mean, these are just my thoughts. This is what I'm thinking about today. My mother, earlier today, sent me a bunch of videos that she recorded of me back when I used to get high, back when I used to be a slave to the drink and the drug. She sent me about four or five of them. I don't remember. But I don't remember anything I see in those videos. I don't even recognize the guy she's recording. And they're just 30-second, 40-second clips of me nodding out. You know, ones of me standing in the kitchen attempting to wash dishes. I remember going in the kitchen with that goal in mind. But when I watch the video, it's just me standing above the sink, eyes closed, nodding out. I look like a zombie. Pathetic. Powerless. So the good news, right? The good news is that I don't have to surrender to that way of life anymore. I have the option and the ability to raise the white flag and surrender to a new way of life. A way of life that promises me freedom from the drink and the drug. A way of life that if I can continue to stay low to the ground, humble, always attacking the ego, stay truthful, a tall glass of water, get comfortable living in a culture of confession, and be willing to take simple suggestions and do the work, I don't have to live that way anymore. I can surrender to win. Surrender is defined as a stop to fighting. Like, I don't want to fight against me being sober anymore. I want to give up and let sobriety take over. The moment of surrender is not when life is over. It's when it begins. Sometimes it's not the times you decide to fight, but the times you decide to surrender that makes all the difference. I am learning to live between effort and surrender. I do my best and hope for what I want but I do not resist the direction of the wind. To the mind that is still, the whole universe surrenders. Surrender is a journey from outer turmoil to inner peace. If you surrender completely to the moments as they pass, you live more richly those moments.
When total surrender happens, suffering is removed. Duality is removed too. Surrender means the surrender of your ego. And sometimes surrender means giving up trying to understand and becoming comfortable with not knowing. It's time for trust and surrender. Choosing joy involves spiritual surrender. If you surrender to the wind, you can ride it. Let it all go. When fear gets the best of me, I surrender to love. Childlike surrender and trust. Surrender is like a fish finding the current and going with it. Oftentimes, the greatest peace comes of surrender. The heart surrenders everything to the moment. The mind judges and holds back. And listen, surrender is not a weakness, it is strength. It takes tremendous strength to surrender life to the supreme, to the cosmic unfolding. So try something different. Surrender. <laughs>